Hello and welcome to Folk Tales and Fantasy, the podcast where we talk about all things fantasy and more. My name is Cameron Michaels, and this is my first time doing this, so hopefully everything goes well. I'm in my closet right now. Uh, I am still new to this recording stuff. This isn't my first podcast that I've ever done. I'm, I'm used to this kind of software and things, but uh, I still am figuring out my setup and everything, so bear with me while I try and figure that stuff out. So what we're going to do here is, my plan is every each episode will focus on a specific part of fantasy or sci-fi, since those two genres are pretty pretty closely related, and possibly also some anime, because anime anime is pretty versed in fantasy and sci-fi. A lot of anime is fantasy-based, has a lot of aspects that are quite similar, that I don't feel like people recognize as much as they should. But We'll get into that at, at a later time. We, we won't be going to any anime in this episode. So, before we get started, I want to tell you guys a little bit about myself. Since this is the first first time, the first episode of this podcast, I have loved writing and have been fascinated with fantasy for as long as I can remember. I've been writing since I was a little kid. My dream job when I was growing up was to be an author. And while I wouldn't say that is my main career goal as of now, it is definitely something that I aspire to be. That is, especially in the past two years, I would say, and especially this last year, I've been like, okay, this is something I really want to do. And me starting to really write again for a novel, I just finished a first draft for my first novel a couple months ago, and that's in the revising process. That has made me go back to reading. I struggled a lot with reading growing up and only recently got back into it, which for me, writing made me want to read, and then reading made me want to write, and it just was an endless cycle. And then after taking classes on radio and wanting to also become a radio personality, you know, that all led me to start this podcast and has made me really interested in what other people's opinions on certain books, certain stories, because that really is what fantasy, sci-fi, all of this stuff is about, is someone's personal opinions about a story. It's all about stories that people create. So today... I wanted to focus on character and specifically unique characters that are put in unique situations, unique situations that are not necessarily conventional for stories because there's so much there's so much fantasy out there now that it can be hard to find something that is completely unique and nothing is 100% unique. So much fantasy is based around Tolkien especially. Tolkien, a lot of it is Tolkien-inspired. Anything that's portal fantasy, you know, that's C.S. Lewis. A lot of aspects. Nothing is wholly original, but it's about how much of a twist you put on it 
for it to become something fresh and something unique. So what I want to start with is we'll go through a book, we'll go through an audiobook, we'll go through a graphic novel, and then we'll go through an adaptation. We'll end with me talking a little bit about something I have planned to come in the future if you guys are interested. So for the first book, I wanted to talk about a novel that I am extremely nostalgic and I would, if I'm honest with myself, probably really biased towards. And it is a sci-fi book called Star Wars Darth Bane, The Path of Destruction by Drew Carpichin. And I'm sorry if I mispronounce that name. I'm really bad with names. So if I mispronounce that, I'm sorry right off the bat. But this story, even... It is for sure a love letter to Star Wars fans. If you love Star Wars, this is a must read, obviously. But even for some people that aren't, even if you're just a fan of sci-fi, and already saying that, if you're if you love sci-fi and you don't like Star Wars, I don't really, I, I don't really understand that. But if you like sci-fi even a little bit, if you like fantasy, this is your story because. The book takes place, the main character is a villain. He's a Sith Lord, or at least it's what he becomes. On the cover of this book, you see Darth Bane as this imposing threat of a person. Just in the picture alone, you can tell he's this cunning, strong-looking, this powerful-looking person. And the story is all about what it takes for him to get to that Point. I saw a review one time, I think it was Jeremy Johns, I want to say, he reviewed the film Joker, which is also an, excel- an excellent movie, and he talked about how in the movie, you look, once you get to the end of the movie, you look back and you realize, holy moly, this character has gone through so much and they've come so far, it's not even the same character anymore. Yet, despite that, you can clearly see the steps that the story took for the main character to get to that point. It's very similar with this book. If you love story arcs, specifically character arcs, this is your story. This is one for you because it's a corruption arc that makes sense with the character and with the story that it is built around it's fantastic you know it's all the star wars stuff if you don't know star wars lore even a little bit you might get lost on some of it because of the way the author conveys things through description is through the star wars universe as it should be he won't talk about regular worldly things to describe and a certain thing as an example, but he'll use things in the Star Wars universe. So if you don't understand that, you might have to look some things up, but I'm telling you it's worth it to read this story just to see the steps that it takes from this person who starts off as fairly ordinary, not entirely. He starts as a minor. His name is Des at the beginning of the book. Des starts as a miner on this planet that is basically just the worst place you could ever live. 
they they continuously emphasize that he literally is on the worst planet in the world mining for the worst corporation in the galaxy and then he just he starts as this guy who's down on his luck and just slowly transforms into the Sith Lord, the Darth Bane. And this book takes place, I want to say, I think a thousand years before episode one. So this is, there are some things in here where you're like, oh, that, that's how that leads to that. And technically this book is Legends canon, so I guess it's not canon anymore. But Darth Bane is canonized in an episode of The Clone Wars, so it to me, it, it is viewed as canon in my head because Darth Bane, the character, is canon. So it, it's weird. It's it's one of those gray areas. So if you're worried about, oh, I don't want to read it because it's technically not canon. If your your mindset is that, Darth Bane, the character, is canon in The Clone Wars. So it, it's fine. It's fine. I'm sorry. My computer is, is, is making noises. There is one thing that I don't like about this story and that's not necessarily the way the book ends the way the book ends is great and there are two other books after this but I will stress that you can just read this one book and be fine but considering how a lot of what invests you in this book is this the character arc of Bane and how he becomes the Sith Lord the book is almost 400 pages long, and once you hit about the 300-page mark, his character arc kind of ends. It reaches its climax, and he is a Sith Lord now, and now he's got to go do his thing. And then it isn't as interesting. It's still very interesting. It's still a page-turner, I would say, but... It's not as compelling as if the story ended with him fully becoming a Sith at the very end. It's still very compelling, especially because the story around his character arc is very solid. And so once his character arc ends and the story has to wrap up, it still keeps you in place. It still keeps you reading. It does an excellent job of that. But it definitely isn't as compelling once his arc ends. That is for sure. And that's why I think I've had a struggle with reading the second book in this series. I've quite enjoyed it. But it's taken me some time to finish it. Because Darth Bane's arc is done after book one. The key enticing thing about the story is how he becomes what he is. That is what you will draw you. It's what drew me, anyway, to the story. And it's a very unique take on Star Wars mythos because it's about a villain. You know, I'm always... I'm very interested in seeing things from the villain's perspective. That's always a unique take because it's not conventional. And like I said, this podcast is all about being unconventional, especially with characters. So definitely, definitely read Darth Bane in The Path of Destruction. Again, it's only 400 pages, which compared to a lot of sci-fi and fantasy books now is really not that much. I remember being young and reading this and being like, holy moly, this book is massive. It's really not that massive. We have Brandon Sanderson releasing books that are like 1,200 pages long. You can read this in like a, if you wanted to, maybe a week. If you wanted to. It really depends. Um, this book has just flown by 
for me, and I, I love it for that. Next up, we're going to talk about an audiobook. And right off the bat, as far as audiobooks and graphic novels are concerned, stop telling me that they're not books. Especially audiobooks. So, uh, too many people have come up to me and told me, you haven't read the book because you listen to it on audiobook, even if it's unabridged. If I'm listening to the unabridged, maybe if it's a dramatized version, maybe you could make the argument. But if it's unabridged, get out of my face, okay? I'm, I am reading a book in a convenient way. The di only difference is one's in my ears and one's from my mouth, one from my eyes. <laughs> okay? It's all going to the brain. It's all stirring up the imagination in the same way, okay? Just leave, leave me alone. It has the word book in audiobook. It has the word novel in graphic novel. Leave me be, okay? They're books. They're literature. Stop telling me it's not. All right, okay, moving on. The Heart of Stone by Ben Galley and narrated by Adam Stubbs. This is an audiobook that I listened to recently on Audible. I got an Audible membership for like a couple months, maybe a few months prior, solely so I could listen to this book. Because I had heard, I looked on Amazon, Ben Galley is actually the author who got me back into reading when I started writing again, and I'll, I'll talk about some of his other books at a later date, but right now I want to focus on this one, because if you like audiobooks, even if you don't, this story, if you're going to get The Heart of Stone by Ben Galley, he's a self-published author, so not as many people have probably heard of him, you, this is my favorite narration that I have heard thus far by a long shot. Adam Stubbs does a fantastic job narrating this story. I think it's 18 hours long, so it's a fairly a fairly chunky audiobook. It's not it's not crazy long. It's not an insanity level, but it's it's long. It's pretty long. It's a standalone book. So there is that. You don't have to sit down for a 14 book series and commit yourself to an entire year to finishing these massive books. He's just got one book, so that is enticing for those of you who find a entire series a bit intimidating. But what is unique about the story itself, even outside of the narration, and if you're going to get this book, get the narration because it's fantastic. The characters in this story especially the main character. This book takes place in a fantasy world. It's a fantasy book. And the main character is a golem, a stone golem who's, I think, eight feet tall. This big, beefy golem who's meant to be a emotionless weapon for war. He's He just fights in people's wars that he doesn't even believe in. He doesn't even get a say. He just do, does what he's told. And... Something has gone wrong, and he has emotions, and he's lived for centuries, for, for I don't know how many years, I can't remember. I think I want to say like 300 years or something like that, it doesn't matter. Point is, he's seen a ton of war, and he's fought on sides that he doesn't believe in. He, he's never given a choice for what, for what he does, and it's, that is just so fascinating to me, because you're not... It's not taking place from a... The, the 
common thing to do and still a very unique take is to go down the popular thing to do in modern fantasy today is go down into the foot soldiers point of view in war and see what their opinion of the war they're fighting is now it's imagine if a cannon a cannon is used for firing and killing in killing lives you know in in war just just murder people imagine if a cannon all of a sudden started to talk and started to have feelings that is task task the wind cut golem that is what he is and how he came to be who he is his past who the golems are all of that is so fascinating to me and every time he spoke every time he t said any word it was like oh my gosh i am i'm in this for the long haul i could sit and listen to four five 14 whatever books of just this character doing his own thing but i'll settle for one book because this book is just the first time i sat down first or second time i sat down to listen to this audiobook i sat there for i want to say eight hours i think i sat down for eight hours and in two sittings was already over halfway done with the book because i couldn't stop listening to it i would sit in bed and eat or play on my switch and grind an octopath traveler whatever and the story just grips me and a part of that is the narration adam stubbs does voices for each of the characters and his voice for task is on point it doesn't even sound like him the narrator anymore it sounds like they put it through effects in pro tools or something like that but it's his voice it's just his voice him talking and it sounds amazing and the way he narrates the story itself he sounds like he actually cares about what he's reading which you know if you're narrating is kind of important but he just sells it to the to the listener at least from what i heard my gosh it was amazing it was fantastic and i'm i wouldn't say i'm well versed enough in audiobooks as of yet i am in the process of re-listening to the lord of the rings narrations which by the way is amazing i know it's it's kind of a mixed bag for some people but i i'm loving it but if you don't if you find it inconvenient to read books and you want to get into fantasy give this a listen now it is amazing and there's even outside of the character of task which already is a concept that i'm just like i'm in get i will i will stay for however long you narrate this book mr stubbs i will stay forever and listen to this story it it really blows me away this is one of my favorite books right now up there with darth bane i might have enjoyed this more than darth bane and outside of the character the story itself is executed well. There's a lot of politics and scheming, which is fairly normal for modern fantasy now. A lot of modern fantasy, especially after Game of Thrones and A Song of Ice and Fire, politics and scheming, it's just an interesting plot point to do. So there's a lot of that on the outside too. People trying to take advantage or use task how they will because they're in war and that is just interesting to me so if you can 
Give The Heart of Stone by Ben Galley a listen, especially the narration by Adam Stubbs. You get a free, I think, a month free trial on Audible when you first sign up. So if you haven't signed up, just get a free trial and listen to this book. You will not want to stop listening. It's amazing. It's fantastic. And Task is a the most unique character of any character I've ever read or listened to in fantasy. Which I suppose isn't saying a lot since I just got back into fantasy, but whatever. Okay. Graphic novels. Graphic novels, I, before I loved reading, comic books and graphic novels were my go-to. I loved, especially Marvel-based, any superhero graphic novels were fantastic. And then, after that, I soon got into some DC Batman Year One. I might look at Batman Year One at some point, but today I wanted to look at Planet Hulk by Greg Pak. And if you've not heard of this story, then you've been living under a rock, especially if you know Marvel. This is the Hulk's one of his most popular storylines. It leads up to this climactic battle of basically the Hulk versus a lot of Marvel's superheroes. It's just him versus the world, basically, you know, World War Hulk. But the story before that planet Hulk, the setup, is a story that I think deserves more attention than World War Hulk itself. Because while World War Hulk is a story that in itself is amazing, I loved reading that, I've read that as well, and we might look at that at some point too, but Planet Hulk's story takes the idea of the Hulk and just turns it on its head. Because in the the normal, I know I'm saying the word conventional a lot, but it really is the best word to use. Conventionally, the Hulk is a mass destruction, I can't even speak, a mass of destruction. Okay, he does a bunch of crap, destroys a bunch of stuff, and then Bruce comes in and fixes the issue with his intelligence. Or he uses the Hulk and directs that rage to somehow help Bruce's cause. Bruce Banner is the one who normally has to direct or fix the mess that Hulk is doing. It's not like that in this story. In this story, the Hulk is shot into space by the Illuminati, yes, the Illuminati, and lands on this savage planet accidentally, and it is the Hulk, this is the Hulk's story. Bruce Banner is not really in this story for 95% of the story, maybe 98% of the story. Pretty much, this is Hulk's story. Hulk can speak in the story, he, this story develops Hulk as a character. Not Bruce Banner. This is the Hulk. It develops his character. And that, to me, is unique. Because instead of Bruce Banner coming in and directing the Hulk's rage or fixing his mess, it is Bruce Banner... There's one issue in... This graphic novel was compiled in issues originally. There is an issue in this graphic novel where Bruce Banner tries to take back control from the Hulk. And it ends with Hulk essentially... Bruce Banner coming to the conclusion that the Hulk 
is the person that is needed to fix this situation. This is Hulk's world. This is where he belongs. This is where he can live out a life that he was meant to live. Outside of Bruce Banner trying to fix his mess. is not Hulk is no longer just a Hulk of destruction and rage. He is a character in his own right trying to help people who can't really help themselves. And initially it doesn't start off like that. He he grows as a character. But Bruce Banner is not really present for most of this story. It's about the Hulk. And that in itself is what makes it unique to me. And it puts him in a setting where the Hulk is needed, not Bruce Banner. Bruce Banner's intelligence doesn't really serve any purpose in this story. So it's about the Hulk becoming his own person. And that that is why the Planet Hulk is probably my favorite favorite uh, Hulk graphic novel that I own. And I own a lot of Hulk stuff. Hulk has been my favorite superhero for a long time. And at one point, I was obsessed with the Hulk. And now looking back, I can easily say without a doubt, Planet Hulk is the best Hulk storyline. If you're interested in superheroes at all, and now that I think about it, this story is a lot very similar to the Heart of Stone in that it's a character who's put into a conflict that he doesn't really care about, that he has no opinion of his own on or people are not really asking him for his opinion. And when they do, he's like, I don't care. I don't give a crap. He's this character who's normally thought of as just a weapon of war has emotions now and is a character now. And, you know, chaos ensues from that. That is what I find. That's one of my favorite things to see is a character who's not meant to have emotions, but then has emotions anyway. And we see their their thought process through it all. That is what drew me. That's what draws me now. It, it What drew me to it before was it's the Hulk. And I heard it was one of the popular stories. So I read it. But if you love comic books, if you love Marvel comics, especially classic Marvel comics, you will love this. This is fantastic. The art, the art in this book is so well drawn. This is some of the best illustrations I've seen for any graphic novel. If you love art, if you love story, if you love character development, this is a story for you. And I know I've been talking praise about all of these books, but you know, this is the first episode. I'm going to talk about positive stuff. Maybe one day when I set up a way for people to request me to talk about certain things maybe i'll maybe i'll go through some crap speaking of crap (laughs) adaptations i'm gonna talk about game of thrones now before while during this recording i have not finished game of thrones and i know people probably want me to talk about all of the stuff that happens in the later seasons i know what happens in the later seasons. I'm not I haven't been living under a rock. I know that people hate all of the seasons after season 4, especially season 8. I know people hate season 8 with such a strong passion. Blah 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 blah. I don't care. I right now have pretty much finished all the way through season 4. I have one more episode left. All I have is the season finale of 
season four of The Children. I just finished the episode, episode nine of season four, Watchers of the Wall, which, by the way, was a fantastic episode. But this show is very adult. So if you don't like uh, language, there's a lot of sex. So if that's an issue for you, uh, online, I don't know if I should be saying this or not. Online, I found a censored version of the show where it basically takes out all of the sex and nudity and all of that garbage and pretty much just removes it. You know it happens, but it doesn't show you any of it. It just skips through it, which I, as someone who doesn't really like watching that stuff in media, I really appreciated that. So, you know, with the way season, if if you're upset about season eight, then go watch the censored version, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. It, it was great, though. What has, what drew me, what I love about Game of Thrones is its theme of humanity. And I don't know if this was done on purpose or not. I believe, I think it was. It, it's too deliberately in your face for it not to be on purpose. Just the, these characters, and again, we're going back to character. These characters, any character introduced in this story, except for Ned Stark, who spoilers for season one who gets beheaded at the end of the story he's the only character who's lo who's loyal any characters who are loyal in the story they are probably gonna die okay this the theme around this book or not this book around these this show is that humans are kind of horrible people and this show really shows this is like book of judges from the bible stuff like this is you know before god sent the flood and people are just horrible and god's like oh my gosh this is this is this is a disaster let's just flood everything this is that level people are just disgusting and horrible you will hate the characters in this story and rightfully so this every single character who you're like oh they're kind of good they're kind of good, but they're also... Everyone's a complete jerk in this show. And, you know, again, that is purposely done, I believe. It has to be. There's no way it wasn't purposefully done. I, I see you, George R. R. Martin. There's, there's no way you're not talking about the mortality and just the corruption of man. Because it is just so despicable how people act. And the fact is, when we don't have morals to stand on a strong sense of morality and what morality is not just what it is to us what it is then we fall apart and i know this is just a show and maybe that isn't what the author in his books a song of ice and fire i haven't read those books maybe the adapters or the author of the show george r r martin Maybe that's not what he intended me to take out of it. But that's what I took away from it, is that through these characters' eyes, you see, wow, when people put their hopes and their beliefs in something that is basically just whatever they want it to be, our world falls apart. It it it, it all goes to pot. It all go, gets destroyed. It's over. 
there's no point in living. Do whatever you want. Rape whoever you want. Ha sleep with whoever you want. Kill whoever you want. That's what this story is. And it's hard to watch at times because of it. Not just because of the sex, which, you again, you can watch versions without that stuff. It just emphasizes... Outside of a strong, objective sense of morality, we are horrible, disgusting human beings. We really are. All of us. We may not admit it, but we all are disgusting people. We can preach about how how good we are, but... The, is... I don't mean I don't mean to preach. I don't mean to. I'm sorry. I don't mean to. But as as how I felt this was like a big thing with this story and really all of the point of views that are shown, even from characters like Tyrion Lannister, who I love, by the way, I love Tyrion Lannister. The more we see from these point of views of these characters, you understand the steps that were taken, just like in the other stories, you understand the t steps taken to where, how they got to where they were. But it doesn't make them any less despicable. <laughs> You're just like, man, you are such a jerk. Why are you so horrible? And you understand, but it also makes you feel kind of disgusting inside. And I think it's genius. I, I, I'll say it. I think it's genius. That someone created a story that invokes such an emotion. Not just a show, books. The, the credit really should go to the books because they created this story. George R.R. R. Martin wrote this story and they adapted it. It's genius. How he makes you feel so sick and really opens your eyes to, oh my gosh, people are really like this. People really are. We, we may not act as openly as they do in front of people, but we can do it in other ways. We have the internet now. We can say whatever we want on the internet because you don't see their faces anymore. You can... Have you even looked at a comment section of any YouTube video? You'll find... You'll find horrible things said. We are disgusting people. That's all I want to say, and that is a key theme that these characters really in Game of Thrones it really points out to you but I'm I'm loving the show so far and I can't wait to see how the season 4 finale ends I might continue the show after that I know it goes down in quality after you pass season 4 because it it's no longer uh the books that are the future seasons are based on but it is what it is like I'm I'm more curious than cautious, so hopefully, hopefully I'll, I'll enjoy the future seasons, but we'll see how it goes. Alright, that is all of the stories that I wanted to cover based on character, and before we end, because we are at the end here, I wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about something I have been working on for the past couple of weeks. And the more I've thought about it, now that I have a setup that, again, I'm still still working on. I recently ordered a windscreen and a pop filter for my microphone. So that'll be coming in a couple days. And once that comes, this, this podcast will definitely have better quality. I 
for my dad on Christmas wrote a short story that took place, I want to say a little bit over 30 years before the novel that I am, am revising right now. It's in the editing process. This short story, I never intended to be published, but I had always planned, even before I knew I wanted to write it for my dad, I knew I wanted to write a short story or a side story, maybe even a prelude to my book. It do, it's not necessarily a prelude. It's really more of a side story that really dips your toe into the world that I'm trying to set up. But after my dad reads it and after my sister is also reading it, once they give me feedback and I revise it enough to the point where I think, okay, this is good enough because I'm not going to send it into a professional editor, not a short story. I am going to release it online just for free for anyone to read and hopefully I get feedback. I've also been thinking about, not thinking about, I want to. I'm not a professional narrator, but I have been fascinated with narration for a while now. And for now, I think it would be too expensive for me to hire a narrator. I want to narrate my short story. It's called The Father's Blade. Again, takes place before the novel I wrote. So after I release, or maybe the same day of, once I release a finished version of The Father's Blade, the short story, I am going to release to YouTube a audiobook version of the short story. So, And I would also appreciate some feedback on that if, if possible. So yeah, guys, look forward to that. I am really excited about this new setup. It's a little bit cramped in here. My back kind of hurts from my elbow is kind of stuck on a piece of wood here. But all in all, it's pretty nice in here, actually. I'm, I'm actually pretty surprised at how, how nice, how, how comfortable I was able to make this with a stool, computer, microphone, and a smaller stool for me to sit on. But yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. This has been Folk Tales and Fantasy. Once again, I am Cameron Michaels. You can follow me on Instagram at Cameron I G Michaels. That's Cameron I G Michaels. That is my author name. I just use I G just because I don't know. It's more unique, I guess. I don't. I don't know. So you can follow me there. I do have Facebook and Twitter, but I don't use it. So don't even don't even bother because I'll never post anything. I'll probably just get rid of them. Because I, I tried Twitter for like a week and I was like, oh my gosh, uh, I don't want to do this. So follow me on Twitter. I might set up an email in the future so that you guys can ask me questions or uh, approach me and ask me things to cover on this podcast. But for now, if you have any questions about things you would like me to cover in this podcast, just DM, DM me on Instagram. Uh, that that would, for now, be the simplest way. And then I will get back to you guys if I, once I set up an email for you guys to send in a thing so you don't have to set up an Instagram account if you don't have one. This, this episode will be free. I'll just post it to YouTube. That way people can just... Because, again, this first episode is really more of an experiment than anything so that I can dip my toes in the podcast world. And the first few episodes will probably be free on YouTube. And then once I get used to the format of the podcast, I'll be sending it to Apple Music and Spotify and all of those places, maybe to YouTube as well. We'll see. I might send in clips on YouTube just so people can 
get a feel for what I'm doing. But this episode will go onto YouTube for free. So, yeah, just just look for it there. Enjoy the free content, you know, as you do. And thank you guys so much for listening. I will catch you guys later. Goodbye.